Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this is another edition of Force Center. I am Ken Napsok. You can follow this podcast feed on Twitter at Force Center Pod and follow me at Ken Napsok. And now I'm joined today by the other two personalities on this Force Center podcast feed, Mr. Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa. Welcome. Thanks, Ken. 
Thank we're, you. We're here. Yeah. We are. First of all, three of us in a room. Yeah. This, we, we've all, uh, we we kind of launched Force Center Pod. Joseph and I, I always keep saying, on a on a quick lark. Yes. Wouldn't it be fun if we had it? Let's do it. <laughs> and we launched probably before we were ready, but in this fall and this season, the lead up to Force Awakens, I felt we uh, should do it. And then we added the wonderful Jennifer Landa, who your Jedi beat, <laughs> a look at Life Day and the Star Wars holiday uh, special, was an amazing little broadcast. And uh, we really, Joseph and I, uh, I don't to speak for Joseph, but I know I can here, and he'll follow up, and I'll stop talking. Um, we really, really uh, honored to have that on our feed. It was great. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you so much. Uh, all of the journalistic integrity that I plan to not include in any of my solo <laughs> podcasts here on, on Force Awakens, Force Center, Force Center Awakens, uh, on the Force Center. Yeah. No, it was great. It was absolutely uh, Star Wars NPR, and that's awesome. Thanks. I love NPR, so that was definitely my inspiration. Uh, Radio Lab, yeah. Serial, which is now... Back. Oh, back. Oh, I can't wait to listen to that. Uh, he did it or didn't or did or she did. I've never heard it. <laughs> yeah. Someone asked me the other day, you listen to Serial? I went, he's guilty. And they got mad. I was like, I've never heard it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> never heard it. Um, so, guys, what we're going to do here today, we are recording this on Saturday, December 12th, which means Star Wars The Force Awakens is just a few days away. For some of us, it is earlier. I think currently I have a press screening on Tuesday. I'm humble bragging, yes. But other people are going to the premiere on Monday. But by this time next week, we will all have seen the movie we've waited for for such a long time. Jennifer Joseph and I got a chance to talk about the journey to Force Awakens, the literal journey to Force Awakens. I want to spend some time with you, though. Uh, I got to know you this past year on Jedi Alliance, but I, I watched your Star Wars stuff before and was a great fan of your work. You are a uh, wonderful Star Wars fan. How has this journey been going back to 2012 or yeah, 12 when it was announced the Lucasfilm was, was sold? I can't believe actually how quickly it's gone by. It seems like we were just getting little sprinkles here and there, a little taste of Star Wars, little morsels. Yeah. And then it's like a buffet now everywhere it's a force feeding at this point <laughs> exactly <laughs> too bad you gotta have it uh so it's it's pretty incredible i mean thank goodness i love star wars because right? it is everywhere yeah right um but yeah. <laughs> I, you just, I was sitting with one of my producers over at screen junkies and i was just like man there's a lot of star wars stuff and i'm a star wars fan she just not even to me just to herself said yeah imagine if you're not <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a lot right now yeah it's a lot my mom is now sending me texts like did you see that they have cover girl makeup for star wars i'm like yes mom i know <laughs> uh but i think it's been a great journey yeah and i used to be cautiously optimistic and and now I am ready, I am excited, and mm-hmm. I'm going with an open heart. Yeah. No cynicism. Nothing. Not even with hashtag Wookiee Fingers? <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple things that I have seen. Yeah? Wookiee Fingers being one of them where I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, so let me let me ask yeah. you real quick about Wookiee Fingers. Is it that they were so novel and new and we've never seen them before? Or was it just, are they a little gross to you? What, what bothered you about Wookiee Fingers? <laughs> They did look a little gross, and perhaps because we have never seen them before, it yeah. was a little bit jarring. It also, I don't know, I don't know what I expected Wookiee Fingers to look like, but it didn't uh, really Yeah, look I think like. it was the zoom-in that looked like Chewbacca had joined the A-team, perhaps, <laughs> I think is part of what it was. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. We had discussed this before, yeah. and, and trying to find, I'm still not sure what I don't like about it, or what it, it scares me a little bit. 
<laughs> it does. Yeah. I don't know why, because we have to assume our beloved Chewie has fingers. Yes. We we had to have known that at some point. We had to accept it. But yeah. Um, you know, maybe it's the raccoon thing. You know how raccoons are creepy because their hands are too close to humans? Uh, <laughs> and that you're used to seeing Chewie's with like mitts and paws. Exactly. And then suddenly you see his little raccoon fingers that can do anything that human hands can do. <laughs> yeah. How much of the new canon uh, have you uh, dove into, Jennifer? Uh, books, comics, video games? Where are you at with that? Definitely Battlefront. Oh nice. my gosh. Now, I've only played the beta version of it, so I oh. have not gotten my PS4 yet. Oh, I'm Get waiting it. for Christmas. I can't wait. D- unwrap the present now. I know. Give I yourself know. the gift. It's going to be hours of late night fun. Uh, yeah, that's why I'm a little tired now. That's what I was doing last night. <laughs> um, I'm enjoying the game immensely, and the first level, uh, the, the Jakku was released, ah. and I can honestly say it's the first level of video game that I'm like, oh, this is canon. This will factor into the movie. Yeah. Wow. Like, there's stuff in it. Did you spend time looking around the wasteland for things that you thought might be clues or hints or fun? Ooh. Yes. Have you read, either of you read Lost Stars yet? Not yet. You yes. finished oh. it. Yeah. Okay, so we don't want to spoil for you. By the way, it's it's now my new favorite uh, uh, of the new canon. It's amazing. Really? Of yeah. anything. Comics, Rebels, maybe even Force Awakens. Who knows? Oh, no. Um, no, I hope not. But uh, yeah, it's amazing. Wow. It is an okay. amazing, amazing journey. So not to spoil it, but yet mm-hmm. to get to the end, um, there's stuff in there on that planet I was looking for going, yeah. I think, is there, could be. Maybe I'm reading too much into yeah, it. Yeah, no, I think uh, Jakku is just this great sweet spot of all of the way they've been promoting the film coming together. Of the, you know, there are the shots in the trailer of Jakku that are really powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Lost Stars gives us sort of like n- more narrative support behind that in not the normal kind of like oh we just put this little surprise in there so if you want to be like a super geek and be smarter than your friends it has actual emotional resonance because of oh, lost stars yes. and then we have so much just jaku everywhere in you know like it, yeah. the weird google vr strap your phone <laughs> on your head uh, cardboard yeah. thing and jaku is uh i'm so curious to see how it plays out in this movie because it is being built up joseph you're so right as as a planet of importance mm-hmm. and lost stars really Though it touches on it and and and, and yeah. gets there, there's still a lot left to be explained about it. Yeah, uh, Battlefront. It's it's um, the most intense of the maps. That fight is crazy. So I know we're not going to see that in Force Awakens, but at the aftermath of it, yeah. uh, no pun intended on that novel. But um, <laughs> which, by the way, I've come around and actually enjoy aftermath. I can admit that I enjoy it a lot more than other people do. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's 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 deep and complex, and maybe that's not what people expected. But anyways, I'm so curious now. That's one of my anticipations for this movie is why Jakku, why what about it? What yeah. are we going to learn from this planet when it's all starting to tie together? Yeah, I feel like we're not going to learn much of anything. I feel like it's just other Tatooine, which at hmm. first I think people were like, lame. And like at one point, yeah. I think it was John Rocco told me a theory that it's Tatooine. It is actually Tatooine and just the Empire changed the name or something. <laughs> like, huh. um, hmm. And that made me mad. But I like the idea <laughs> that it is just other Tatooine because uh, Ken and I have talked a lot about like the need for Disney to expand the galaxy. Like yes. in the classic trilogy, we got used to this very kind of narrow view of just our heroes' perspectives. Uh, but if you're going to have this big of a galaxy that has politics and entertainment and everything, it totally makes sense that there would be another desert planet. Mm-hmm. And the same kind of economy would exist there. There'd be moisture evaporators there because you'd right. need them. And there'd be scavengers there because the only value in the planet would be 
has a ship crashed here? <laughs> so I really like that. It feels a little bit more like real life, that mm-hmm. there's just another planet that's a lot like Tatooine. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely lived in. Uh, right. It's got a story. It's got a history. Um, gosh, I, I can't recommend Lost Stars enough. I can't recommend it enough. And it's, it's, it's so weird. It's, it's classified as a young adult novel again, that yeah. word, the YA. Right. I remember that's one of the reasons I avoided reading the Hunger Games series, which I did. I finally I read it before the movies came out and, and was like, why is this? I mean, I get some of the YA morsels in there and, yeah. and but but lost stars should have been widely promoted as just a full-on star wars book no age uh, no age on it no marketing towards that that thing it, it's so good so good um jennifer you had some other things we talked about wookie fingers what other things are making you i'm so curious i don't know can i i don't know if i can tell you because i know that you've kind of steered away okay, from I ha- oh yeah, yeah I, I, have I have gone on blackout since the international since the japanese trailer i saw a couple of other shots like the week after the international trailer there were a bunch more tv spots where it was like everybody's like there's nothing new but there were shots that like yeah that's New to me. I'm sorry. Yes. But my brain super extrapolates, so maybe you don't consider that a spoiler. Right. But I do. Right. Uh, and then I stopped watching after that. So I've got a couple more shots than you do, but well, after I'm, that, I'm, I don't I'm okay either. to... You guys can discuss it. I'm, I'm past the point. It's not like it's there, unless it's around Snoke or anything that I, reveals that. But, yeah, no. But, but uh, and anyone listening, this is obviously... It's not a spoiler discussion episode here, but the, we are discussing things that you might be uncomfortable with as you're leading up to the Force Awakens release. So by <laughs> all means, catch us a little bit afterwards. I'm fine with that. But go ahead. Open forum. Discuss it. Uh, I'm game. I want to hear because it's important to me. Especially because I don't know you. I haven't known you that long jennifer but you're such a sweet bubbly person the fact that you're like oh <laughs> intrigues me yeah what what shots are they for you i can't remember if it was from the japanese trailer or which tv spot uh there's so many uh but the shot with your one of your favorites nine no oh see i have not mean i have not seen him I, I had it spoiled that I mean well I think we kind of knew, I knew he, that he was in yeah it. the actor yeah. had said he was coming back so yeah, yeah that, right. but, but he's in it okay so it's that specific shot of it's him it's a specific shot of him and mm-hmm. I'm assuming that it's him in some sort of prosthetics mm-hmm. but it kind of looked like it was computer generated oh okay. I don't know it just it took me out of that moment at first mm-hmm. I'm like ah oh what <laughs> is no which I think that means something in his language though you said that <laughs> it's yeah. actually that's Celestian yeah <laughs> Ah, yo, uh, tío, 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 tío. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But just... <laughs> that means I'm uncomfortable with this CGI. <laughs> right, right. So there's little little moments then, yeah. Just a little moment where I got a I got a flashback mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. some of my issues with the prequels, which I, you know, I I'm not going to bash the prequels. Right. But there were just some things that took me out of it as a viewer, and to me, that's sure. not good. Yeah, uh, in the in the Japanese trailer, there was uh, we had discussed it, but there mm-hmm. some shots of of BB-8, which was featured greatly in that trailer for good marketing reasons yeah. in Japan, right. as we discussed. But there was little moments where, it, in a weird way, we discussed it looked like fan picture, fanfic stuff to me, mm. uh, which as as now I'm on record of saying I hate fan edits, so uh, <laughs> right, that might right. be my problem. Um, uh, yeah, I okay. backed you up on that and, and heard, heard some stuff back from other people. Really? <laughs> yes, uh, boy. Then I, yeah, that's a whole other discussion on yeah. fan edits. Um, it, what else? What else? What else? I'm so curious. That was pretty much That's the pretty one much thing. So yeah, we're, I mean, you it's know, little moments. Then. Little moments. So <sighs> it's it's not even narrative. It's just you're you're afraid that the aesthetic isn't lining up. Like one shot looks like, oh wow, that's a real whole X-wing, and it looks like it. And then this next shot looks like it's a little dicey CGI. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I have so much. I have high expectations at this point. You yeah, know? I right. think it is maybe a, a 
a little bit of uh, overextension of the marketing to have them have led so strong with the anti-prequel sort of real sets, right. real this. Because then you're like, well, yeah, but no, we don't. I mean, the Millennium Falcon shots we saw in the very first trailer yeah. a year ago, like, that's clearly just CGI, 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 like you see in the Avengers. It's CGI. Right. right. Um, good CGI. Good yeah. CGI. Good CGI. Yeah, yeah. CGI. Which, but, and again, why would they make it like it's 1977? Right. Um, right. But I feel like they led so strong with that. And I think earlier, Disney and Lucasfilm was really concerned with selling people on it's going to be different than the prequels and i think that was one of the tools they used to say real 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 so now when we see like you promised us real and that's those are clearly ones and zeros on neen nun's cheeks you know (laughs) exactly that's exactly how i felt Yeah. yeah yeah but i don't know it just i thought to myself this is just such a small moment i'm not gonna let it you know um yeah cloud my optimism cloud your judgment yeah no i'm not going to yeah uh, look there's been little moments where things are almost it's so weird to say it's like and this is not wouldn't be jj's fault where it was shot so crisp and clear i'm like oh that looks like captain phasma walking on a set (laughs) and and then that makes me the a-hole who's now like really hyper criticizing the cameras they used or something so i'm trying to temper that but that was in the japanese trailer was the last one i was like i gotta cut this off because doubt is creeping in, <laughs> and I don't want the doubt. And I, I, I look at this point. I'm on record saying I think we're going to be okay. Yeah, you know we're going to be okay. Um, I've talked to uh, one person that's seen some of it, and I know no, his reaction was like, "Just don't worry. Yeah, a lot of your stuff. Don't worry." Oh, um, but that doesn't mean he's also. But I haven't seen it all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we're still out there, man. We're still out there. We're we're. Um, uh, I want to get the negative stuff out of the way. Going into it, where are you now, Joseph? Since we last talked, since the deluge of oh. campaign. Yeah. Um. I I feel like I have a decent handle on the first several beats of the film, yeah. which I wish I didn't. So that's mm-hmm. that's a little bit of negativity for me. I think that there are things. I know there are things I'm going to really like. Things mm-hmm. I'm going to have immediate knee jerk. I wish they hadn't done that. My overall thing is I feel like on the negative side of things, on the dark side, I feel like it is going to feel a little bit like fan fiction mm-hmm. because mm. it is ultimately yeah. uh, because George Lucas, uh, crazy old wizard, as <laughs> I've come to start calling him, for for literally better and worse over the course of Star Wars, yeah. uh, he has just followed his really idiosyncratic vision. Mm-hmm. Of this is the way it should be. This is what Star Wars is. This is what makes sense to me. Uh, and over the course of it, he's been helped or hindered by other yeah. people. But it's always come from the brain of this guy. Right. And right. now it is coming from the brains of people who are interpreting him. And not just people who are interpreting him, but literally fans. Right. J.J. Mm. Abrams is a fan. Right. Yeah. Everyone working on this film is a fan up to a point. Like, we have a lot of people mm-hmm. who are there at the beginning, Ben Burt and yeah. Bill Tibbet and Kathleen Kennedy is a you know, but... uh, fan. But I feel like s- some of it is just going to feel like the kind of things that, you know, when you're a kid, no matter how old you are, if you're six now or 47, when you're a kid and you talk with your buddies, like, wouldn't it be cool if Boba mm-hmm. Fett had an electro staff or whatever? <laughs> that it kind of stuff is going to cool. be in the movie and it's going to feel like, well, I, that's really well done. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But it does 
feel like just playing in the sandbox of this universe. It's so weird. I wanted to get your thoughts on this, Jennifer, because you mentioned the Lucas thing. And one of your one of the things that made me kind of come around on the prequels when I heard you talk about, hey, we got to kind of accept them and they are what they are, but they also bring some stuff to it, was that this was from George's mind. Yeah. And they're even with the new canon, and they're doing a great job on a lot of it and, and, and all the stuff I'm, I'm really positive of. Lost Stars is a fine example. Um, and and uh, Lords of the Sith as well. But even Lords of the Sith, it introduces some things, and if I'm finding it weird, then my mind goes to this point of, well, I don't know if that's really Star Wars. But if George had said it, I might have accepted it. Is, am I wrong off that, or where do you come down on that, Jennifer? I totally agree. Yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot lately, especially with all the marketing that's been going on. How would this have been different if George was still at the helm? Right. You know, like how there was something, and I, I don't know, maybe I'm just like an old fan, where I'm like, there was something <laughs> special about that time. But there, <laughs> there really was. There was kind of, it was a little bit more like a smaller community mm-hmm. i guess in some sense be- yeah definitely was you know because it wasn't disney and mm-hmm. and now we're getting so much star wars which is fantastic mm-hmm. but there was a little bit of magic that george i mean a lot of magic yeah, quite frankly yeah. that george brought and he was at his best when he was collaborating with people so right. i'm you know if he'd still been around could i don't know well the clone wars is a fine example of, of yes. filoni's team doing a great job of of taking his vision but at the at its moments where it wasn't working for me and there's parts of clone wars that i don't like it does come off as an interpretation rebels yeah. to me comes off as an interpretation though this season's been great and i've enjoyed yeah. a lot of it um those moments where i'm like i don't is there really a planet of trash <laughs> i don't know like you know like yeah. uh, did george really and i know look man george didn't envision he didn't write 400 planets down in 1974 no. and go, oh, here's what I, I get it. Um, and a lot of it's done very well. Again, Filoni, I consider a, a genius who's, who's expanded the universe quite well. But going back yeah. to your Jakku point, they've got to expand the universe in a right way, which is a tough spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without it sounding like, you know. Yeah. And I think they're going to do a good job. In a way, I think it is just sort of the acceptance of the natural change. Like, this is the way of things. This is the way of the forces. <laughs> Yoda would say about that of yeah. like, this is the world we live in now. We don't get to have, mm-hmm. the, you don't get to have any big budget, massive thing where there's truly just an auteur. Right. Like, and it's weird to call Star Wars sort of auteur films, yeah. like it's, you know, Truffaut, because it's, uh, it's you know a space opera about wizards with laser swords, but that's what it is because George Lucas has always had such control. And like you know, even Joss Whedon got to be have a lot of control over the Avengers, mm-hmm. but not all of it. And mm-hmm. I just feel like clearly, <laughs> yeah, 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 times change, and and I think the movie is going to be really really good for that. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like for my own little bit of negativity in my little bitter Star Wars heart, I'm going to have like, eh, that feels like fan fiction. But it's the reality. It's life changes. You yeah. Know? yeah, exactly. We're here, we're here, we're here. Um, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, you know, Phantom Menace and the prequels, I mean, those are like independent movies, really. <laughs> they are. They're independent they are. movies, man. Right. This guy's like, I'm doing it my way. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's talk about as we approach our screenings. And I, I won't say, uh, we don't want to say where we're watching them because uh, then I might uh, crash Joseph's party. Um, but <laughs> I would welcome that. In around the greater Los Angeles area, but uh, when are you guys seeing it? When are you set up for this? Uh, I am seeing it at 7.30. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, and that is, uh, so there's a 7 o'clock show and then a 7.30. And I only have the 7.30 tickets because my kind wife physically went to a theater. And, That's a great story. And bought. Yeah, because, that, yeah, there's a great, horrible squeeze when they're showing the trailer. And... <sighs> And the ticket sites were all crashing. It's cruel. Uh, yeah, it was. And, and my wife was like, I don't need to see the trailer as it airs. 
I'll, I'll walk to the theater. Uh, yeah, so she, then she was texting me like mad. Uh, yeah, and we got uh, 7.30, 3D. 3D wouldn't be my first choice. Sure. Uh, and then uh, we're going to see it again the next day in 2D. And then, on Friday, yeah. Yeah. And then again, again another time over the weekend. Well, um, I'd like to invite you right now on Saturday. I've got five extra tickets. Oh, awesome. Will you and the wife like to join me? Uh, I'll join you, but uh, Sarah has to work. But but it's fine. I'll, it's I can come alone. It's okay. 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 And you're invited as well. If you and your husband would like to join us as well, uh, I'm just doing this live on air, but uh, why not have a four-center party Saturday <laughs> yeah, in the Valley? Um, but I have a lot of a lot of options. I, was, I had two midnight tickets I gave away uh, to friends last night, and there was like tears in her eyes. Like, Oh, yeah. The gift of Star Wars, man. Yeah. Uh, so that's that. You're, you're 3D in that. Yeah, that was going to be my first. Uh, for a while, I only had one set of tickets, and it was 3D. And uh, it was not tickets I bought, so I couldn't look a gift horse in the mouth. Yeah. But in the back of my head, I'm like, i got to find another way. <laughs> but that gift horse mouth is deep. You can see all the way to the back. Jennifer, you? I'm going to see it at 7 o'clock on Thursday. Good. And I thought I was being clever. I thought, ooh, yes, I'll see it, you know, their first showing. Ha ha, the joke's on me because now everyone's going to be seeing it, you know, on Monday and Tuesday and in Europe and whatnot. Yeah, I'm more worried about that. You know, I'm really wor- I think we're just going to have to go off the internet. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know that some person is going to want to spoil it just out of spite. Ah, this yeah. is a real deal. And I think that we've just shifted. I saw an article uh, of when the embargo is lifting for journalists. Right. And it's uh, like 1201 Wednesday. Wednesday, right. And here's the thing is two years ago, I would have trusted that. I had a choice about whether or not to read the review. Right. But I think people are so desperate, and mm-hmm. I think uh, spoilers have become more acceptable in our culture, that I feel like people are just going to put, like, Luke shows up in the last 15 minutes in the text of the tweet, and I won't right. have the choice whether or not he to read that information. Shock you. Yeah. Yep. Like, <laughs> yep. get ready to see a green lightsaber. Like, and they'll go, like, what? It's not, a, it's not a spoiler. Like, everybody has, has become much more tolerant to what a spoiler is. Right. Well, you know what got me? Like, uh, I, I saw all the trailers up to the Japanese trailer, and there's in the Japanese trailer, there's that great shot of the TIE Fighters against the sunset, the Apocalypse Now type shot. Yeah. Great. Loved it. Um, but some people made that their, like, cover photos on, on Facebook, and it's yeah. beautiful. And I look, how oh, beautiful. But then I'm like, other people are doing that with other things from the trailers I haven't decided to watch. Yeah. So that's why I'm really going to go dark because I'm worried about the journalists, of course, and people in Europe or other countries, you know, saying, hey, you know, they're just not intentionally spoiling it, but just like their excitement. But it's the uh, the people who are like, oh, the shot of John Boyega holding Luke's severed head. Yeah. <laughs> <Is mine not? laughs> like, I'm, I'm going dark. Yeah. yeah I and I, I, I said too. this on the most recent Jedi Alliance, but I feel like there's a distinction also between spoiler uh, and just TMI. And, mm-hmm. and part of me wants to just call it like TMI because it's like it's information I don't want to know and I want to have the choice whether or not to say it. Like Lucasfilm might be able to say like, yep, you can say up to this event. Right. You can describe the movie up to this beat. And then it's not technically a spoiler. It's being released by Lucasfilm. And, right. I, you know, a lot of people comment right. back to all of our podcasts saying that's not a spoiler. That's not a spoiler. And, yeah. and I feel like to me it just comes down to like, choice i want to have choice yeah about what information i know and where i feel like culturally we're moving to like no you don't get to make that choice mm-hmm. obviously since the last star wars released in theaters the clone wars movie um <laughs> we, we've uh spoilers become a buzzword uh binge watching and all that kind of stuff has changed at game of thrones deaths and all that kind of stuff so it's now more of a focus now it's spoiler dude spoiler dude but i'm finding it interesting that more than any of these other movies coming out the big budget big big picture movies tentpole movies this one has rallied people to be like shut up don't yeah. tell me nothing 
Yeah. Is it just because it's Star Wars? Yeah, I think because people, there's so many people that have not seen anything. I've really tried to avoid everything they possibly can. And at this point, we've waited so long. Yeah. Come on, people. It's just a few more days. <laughs> yes, exactly. Don't tell me about Luke Skywalker. <laughs> and, you know, when people are, like you're saying, posting photos. And mm. maybe they're just genuinely excited or maybe they're desperate to get clicks. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I feel like there is something special and people want to retain that specialness. Yeah. Yeah, I think it also ties into the prequels and the disappointment of the prequels too. Mm. Where back then, I we didn't know a ton going in. No, mm. we didn't. Uh, and then we were kind of like uh, a little disappointed, <laughs> uh, obviously. Um, though I did see it eight times. Uh, I'm determined to see Force Awakens nine times in the theater to erase the uh, eight times of self Phantom Menace. Um, <laughs> though, um, so I, I don't know where I was kind of going with that, but it's just like it just uh, uh, the, the, we're all trying to. It's like we're rallying together yes. to preserve. Like we want to go as Dark and as and as blind as yeah, possible. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. I want the surprise in the theater. I want to experience it with other people in the theater, right. and yeah. I don't want to experience yeah. it uh, because an angry person on the internet was like, "Ha ha!" Because you read a HuffPost <laughs> article oh, or yeah. something. Well, another thing too that I I was I was dancing the line early on. I want to kind of, but I'm excited, and you know, mm. then the trailers I'm gonna watch. But I didn't I didn't like. Pick, click on any story that was leaked or plot footage or, you know, yeah. all this kind of stuff. But it was when it was very clear that Lucasfilm and, and Team Abrams were saying, there's some mystery around Luke. That's when I was like, well, then I'm playing into this. I don't want to solve it. Yeah, that's right. a huge part of it is they have have set up the back half of the marketing to be, you don't get to see Snoke. You yeah. don't get mm. to see Luke. Uh and I'm like, great! I really like that. So it it feels like they set up the J.J. Abrams mystery box and yeah. then gave half the world keys. Yeah, <laughs> like no, just if you introduce the idea of a mystery box, keep the MFR sealed. Yeah, play along, play yeah. along. I'm just I'm having fun, and I don't want to know. I don't yeah. even want to. Spe- I've stopped speculating openly that we might do a little bit here, yeah. uh, which is why I want to get to our excitements and what's coming up. Mm-hmm. We are here. We're on the cusp. Again, by this time next week, Jennifer, we'll have seen Star Wars Episode Seven. I can't believe it. Right? So let's dive into the Star Wars bubble, as we like to call it here in Force Center. There's more serious problems in the world, but we like to crawl up in this bubble yeah. and talk and fret and worry and have fun about Star Wars and what's coming. So what are your excitements going in? What are you looking forward to? What are, what, what are the anticipation nerd chills? Uh, what are they popping up? How are they popping up? Dive in. Uh, yeah, I'm I am super excited for all of the little moments because I feel like some of like the big picture choices of like what's the actual story, what's the theme, is it too similar in structure to uh, a new hope? Some of the things like that. Those are the things that I think I'll get kind of pedantic and cranky about. Right. But like it goes back to why I like the prequels is I feel like there are a lot of tiny moments. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when I rewatch even the classic trilogy, it's the little moments I appreciate. Like the look in a character's eyes and how much depth it has and the, you know, mm-hmm. the amazement of that moment. And I feel like I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing all those moments. And uh, the most powerful thing in all the trailers we've seen is just Harrison Ford's portrayal of Han Solo. Yeah. Of that, wow, it works. He's still right. Han Solo, but he's clearly had this change in his life that's natural and organic. And I feel like, I think the place where I'm going to get those huge nerd chills is when Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford have those just like great, amazing moments. Yeah. And there's a, you know, a voice in my mind will go off that's like, nothing else matters 
Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker on the screen in front of you. Mm. Right. And you never, ever thought that it would have ever happened yeah. since 1983. And, like, what, you know, if Mark Hamill just kind of pops in in the last frame and says, I'm Luke Skywalker and ignites his lightsaber, be like, that's worth it. That's worth it. Because that. I might actually be okay with that yeah. in a right. weird way. If the, yeah. if the movie can, ends with Luke going, oh, I've been here the whole time. Yeah. Zhunk. Like, oh. I'd be good. I'd be good with that. I could almost. It's a long play. They're playing it long yeah. for three movies. There. I mean, I hope there's more. Than Luke I, than I, hope. Yeah. I, I hope. hope. I hope. I would be cranky. But <laughs> in the sort of positive view, just like, yeah, all those little moments and getting to see those classic characters. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I can't wait. I'm going to buckle up and just go along for this ride. Mm. I, like you said, I can't believe it. Years and years when I was a kid, I never would have dreamed that we would be getting. Well, besides prequels, new Star Wars <laughs> movies. And for me, I'm really excited to learn about these new characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What new languages are there going to be? Mm-hmm. The relationships, the dynamics. How have has the relationship between Han and Leia changed? Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think I don't I've got to contain myself. I, I don't think I'm gonna be able to, you know? Yeah, I think it is gonna be a really weird, uh just sort of uh oral uh and I mean oral not in the mouth way, but in the li- the hearing yeah, yeah. way experience in the theater. Yes. Because I think there's gonna be just stuff missed from huge cheers. Right. I think there's going to be yes. this you know, there's sometimes those reactions in theaters where there's a mix of emotions and there aren't really good human vocalizations for them. So people are like, oh, I think those kind of noises are going to ripple through the theater like I'm so excited by that but I'm not even sure if I like that but I didn't can't believe they did that and you know, it's it's not laughing, it's not crying, it's not cheering, it's just yeah. something that comes out of my mouth. Yeah. Something that had to. Part of the reason I have uh, up to five screenings scheduled already is because I know one, I'm going to lose some moments to crying, <laughs> two, I'm going to lose some moments to cheering, yeah. and then others just like did I miss it and hands in, in my face when people jumping up and screaming or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So what, so I'm gathering from you, Jennifer. It's like plug. It's plugging the whole of the story together. Yeah. Like there's been a lot of time for me. I'm finally like we get to know what happens mm. after years. Right. Of speculation or reading books that, you know, introduced uh, hot chocolate into the Star Wars universe <laughs> um, and accepting Timothy Zahn's novels as, okay, that's what happened after Jedi. Right. Um, then the universe just explodes as opposed to expand. And I'm like, no, I don't think that's what happened, but yeah. okay. <laughs> now I get to, whether George created it or not, we get to find out the answer. And, and they've done so well with these other books that come place uh, to take place after Jedi uh, Lost Stars and Aftermath uh, and Shattered Empire there's some been some great moments some eh, not so much moments in Marvel why'd you do that blah 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 but but they've done a good job of going of hinting at what's but the whole picture isn't there and how do we get to the first order and the resistance right i'm i'm story-wise i'm actually really excited yeah. to see how how do they do this how yeah. do they play yeah. this out i think that's another thing about seeing the movie multiple times and i think the positive side of it being a new generation it's not one guy's vision it's this whole team of creative people's mm-hmm. uh, both creative vision and marketing vision mm-hmm. um yeah. and i think the film is going to be very very layered with Here's just a hint of that story, but follow it in this comic book or follow it in this novel or follow it in this video game. And I think some of that might be, you know, the challenge is how do you do that and not make it cheap? Mm-hmm. But I think I really think things like what's happened with Han and Leia is going to be a meaningful look. Mm-hmm. And like another character saying, like, there were some bad times. And then we're going to get the, like, <laughs> you know, the romance of uh, Han and Leia. I hope it's a video game. I think it'll be a novel. But uh, but I think we're going to get a lot of that backstory. The truce of Bakura to the courtship of re-courtship of Princess Leia. <laughs> veto on that, but yeah. <laughs> 
um yeah there's uh yeah it's those moments those in, in the uh uh is there anything i i joke and say i'm gonna cry I, I i was one of the people that cried at chewy were home um for various reasons yeah mm-hmm. and one of it you touched upon was it like that's the first time we saw han uh, officially, and and Harrison in his in his old distinguished age playing this character, and yeah. it was like, oh that no that works. Yeah, they did this. Yeah, and then Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher, and her dog Gary, God bless oh her, my, my favorite God. comedy act in the world right that now. That is amazing. That that, I've, that interview I've watched like five times. Yeah, it's literally one of the funniest things I've seen in a long yeah. time. Um, but to see her kind of you know uh, get in there and and she she is uh, she's in it, man. I, I mean, the interviews are kind of crazy and fun because that's Carrie Fisher. Yeah, but right. on screen and the little blips that we've seen, she's in it. Yeah. I gotta assume I know Hamill's gonna bring it. So to yeah. me, I'm like excited. Like I want. I think I might cry in the theater just going. This happened. They yeah. did it. Yeah, because beyond love of Star Wars, uh, I think both the interviews and the actual film are going to be a rare um, bit of respect for older actors. Yeah, like we're used to maybe giving a little bit of respect to uh, older British actors who have a great history of being actors and then have also been in X Men <laughs> <laughs> uh, or or Judy. D- like that, that, those are the only like truly very old actors that we treat with like a great deal of respect. Yeah, mm. is people who have uh, great amazing careers and then have sort of stepped their foot into uh, big media. Right, but you know, kind of. Uh, weird people career-wise like Carrie Fisher mm-hmm. and Mark Hamill to mm-hmm. see them just get treated with like all of this attention and respect both in the media mm-hmm. and then in the film I know it just it's really I think kind of rare yeah it's a very good point yeah and, and I'm excited for Hamill uh, who's gone on to have a great career we all know a lot of people know him as the Joker and other kind of characters yeah. uh, when Max Landis was on Schmo's No Movie Show he he went off on this little tangent about about Mark Hamill, about how awesome this guy, he did it. He was Luke Skywalker, the greatest hero in the galaxy, played it well, and doesn't get a lot of credit for being a really good actor carrying some tough dialogue, stiff dialogue in yeah, Jedi and others. And, and with little faster and more intense being your only direction, carries yeah. his character, goes off, Harrison becomes Harrison, Carrie has her own issues, but then goes off and kind of and goes into writing. And, and Hamill kind of, in other people's minds, disappears, but he still showed up to the conventions. He never turned his back on on the fans. No. He enjoyed it. Never turned away from being Luke Skywalker. Goes and becomes the Joker and some other iconic characters, but most people don't even know in the general public that he did that. I didn't even growing up at the time. Like, oh, Luke's doing a voice. And then now here he is after all these years of being nice to our fans and being dedicated to us, he gets to be Luke Skywalker again. Yeah. I'm not doing it justice. Landis ended it with tears in his eyes, and we were all kind of crying ourselves <laughs> on Schmoes No, because yes, Mark hung through here and he never turned his back on Harrison did yes he we is. cannot deny it Harrison yeah. did he yeah. Has been a, yeah I mean I think that's part of the power is like yeah. the, the three of them are iconic and iconic in the roles but then they've become iconic culturally and yeah. in these kind of easily defined roles like uh, Harrison Ford is the grump yeah. Carrie Fisher is the lunatic and yeah. Mark Hamill has always been the nerd yeah uh, mm-hmm. who has always loved Star Wars and knows everything about it and yeah. uh, you know they did that Omaze promotional video with Mark Hamill uh, mm-hmm. pretending to be a first order stormtrooper yeah. yeah on Hollywood Boulevard and you can tell from that video he's the one who actually knows star wars in and out for yeah. sure he doesn't have to look anything up he knows yeah. it and i think there is that great mirroring of what his role will probably be in the film to yeah. the reality of he yeah. is the jedi master of being a star wars nerd 
Just yep. like he's an actual Jedi Master <laughs> in the film. And, and I'm excited for that, too. And that might be some of my tearful moments. Uh, it, it's just looking at that guy and going, you did it, man. Yeah. You are still. And, and Luke, we talked about it on Jedi Lions a lot. And even before you would join the show, you know, Maude and I would ask every week, what's your favorite character? We wouldn't get Luke a lot. Mark Ellis from Shmoes is about the only Luke hmm. that we'd get. Yeah. Um, and, and growing up, it was like, yeah, Boba Fett and Darth Vader, the cool people with the thing. And it's like, forget the dude that saved the galaxy like twice. Yeah. And I think he's getting his just reward is just due, and I think that's part of the excitement. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about the new stuff, and I, I do want to dive in with you, Jennifer, as a, as a female Star Wars fan, growing up in a time when, when Princess Leia was it, mm-hmm. unless you counted Aunt Beru or Mon Mothma, uh, which do count, <laughs> which do count, uh, you know, and Lost Stars, Mothma shows up, she yeah. is who she is, okay. um, but really, uh, you grew up with, that was that was it, and not that you couldn't like the other ones, for, for, for sure, but you grew up in a time, and now you have Daisy Ridley leading the charge, yeah. and I do want to seriously ask what that means to you as a female Star Wars fan to have them go, whether it was forced because the picture went wrong or that there was a conscious effort, um, that uh, Daisy Ridley is is front and center. I I do want to know what that means. It means everything. It's so important for women and people of color to see themselves mm-hmm. on screen because we don't. We mm-hmm. don't very often. You know, we're side characters. So the fact that Daisy Ridley and John Boyega are, they yeah. seem to be the obviously the main protagonists, it is so exciting. Mm-hmm. I can't, and especially now that I have a daughter, to be able to introduce her to this hero character who is seems really kind of, you know, smart and strong mm-hmm. and quick. And Daisy Ridley herself Who's just so charming? Yeah, superstar in the making already. There, pluck from nowhere to lead this charge. An excellent choice. It's incredible, and she seems so humble as well, and aware Mm -hmm. that this is a huge deal. You know, on her shoulders. Um, So yeah, it is. It is really exciting, and it's Mm -hmm. very important. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that we have not just Daisy Ridley, but I mean Captain Phasma and Lupita Nyong'o. This is and then Felicity. Jones and Rogue One. It's, right. it's going to get keep going. Yeah. It is a new era, and yeah. I think that they're definitely more aware and conscious that there are so many Star Wars female fans. Mm-hmm. You know, now we're getting hopefully more merchandise, certainly with clothing and her universe. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, a lot of Ashley Eckstein's doing a great job with that. Yeah, and look, uh, I know there's a little bit of a hashtag where's Ray for one or two right. of the toy sets, but uh, I got to say, I've seen that figure or, or that that character front and center on all the generally all the marketing there. It's definitely better than Black Widow. Right. Uh, yeah. Right, doesn't, yeah. doesn't mean we're there yet, but uh, th- yeah, it seems they're very aware that this she's front and center on the posters, man. That's that's damn cool. Yeah, it's so cool. And seeing little girls cosplaying as her, I mean, this it makes a huge impact. It mm-hmm. really does. Yeah. You know, you may say, oh, it's just a character in a movie. No, this is this is what gives young girls hope. Yeah, I mean, really, you yeah. know. I I saw this like amazing five minute sort of uh, almost uh, social not experiment but like a uh, slice of life at Disneyland. They have the launch bay. I don't know if you guys have been yes. there to I that. Yet, yeah. So it's basically just a little museum of Star Wars stuff. And Disney's has always been really canny with it. All of the things are labeled with like just a little bit of flavor. And it, mm-hmm. even for me, where it's like I don't want spoilers or TMI, it's just flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I was standing by Captain Phasma's armor to tell some cool stuff about it. And there was a kind of a stereotypical dad, dad, like a little bit on the macho side mm. with his son. And the son was going like, look at his cool blaster. And the dad was going like, yeah, he's got some armor and I couldn't take it. And oh. I don't normally do this. It's like, actually, Captain Phasma is a woman. And the macho guy was like, okay. So like he was a little <laughs> unsure that I had stepped in. And he's like, okay. 
Yeah, I guess uh, I guess the guy's right. It says Captain Phasma is a woman, and then the kid just switched. Like, yeah, her blaster is really quick. Cool. Like, the kid doesn't care. Wow. Right. So then, wow. like two minutes later, I wander over. They have Ray's speeder, and uh, they have some information on there that, that suggests that Ray is has agency and does stuff for herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's a uh, mom and her daughter. And now the mom is very aware, and the mom is helping her daughter, her very young daughter, like three or four, read a, mm. about Ray having agency. And the mom is saying, "This is Ray. She's the hero of the film." So yeah. it's just like oh it was just gosh. sort of like if you don't believe that these things matter in mm. real life, there mm-hmm. are two examples of sort of like the older way of just assuming that everything <laughs> everything cool is male, and the new way of like nope, nope, yeah, nope, yeah. changing. And, and yeah, uh, yeah, Phasma. I'm, I'm so curious. I know. So little about the character, and, yeah. I, and mm-hmm. very intentionally, I'm a huge Gwendolyn, Christ, Gwendolyn Christie fan, and uh, so excited to see this. But yeah, I, I think I accidentally heard her voice once, and I shut whatever it was off. Oh, oh. yeah, I, I was like, that. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Uh, I, I did not hear Kylo Ren's voice until the trailer and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the, and, and Boyega, you mentioned too. I did want to bring up him too. I mean, this guy is—I couldn't be happier for a human being to be in a movie <laughs> than this guy. He's awesome. He—he <laughs> he just so embraced this and and seems so worthy and so. Excited. And just so having so much fun, yeah. And I think that's going to come through. Yeah, it's going to come through. It yeah. isn't Shia LaBeouf going, yeah, well, yeah, I'll be indie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. So genuine. They all seem so genuine and genuinely excited. I saw an interview with Gwendolyn Christie this morning, actually, um, and yeah. she just said the moment that she walked on that set, it was like, wow. This right. is this is Star Wars. You know, there oh, were no the bad best. days on that set. <laughs> she's the best. She's, she's so cool. She's just one of my favorites. <sighs> Every interview she gives about Game of Thrones, it usually ends with her laughing and having fun. It just yeah. seems like she's so thrilled to be there. And Poe Dameron, too. I'm curious so much. There's a lot of anticipation on me to find out what Oscar Isaac's doing with his character. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I've heard some stuff that he actually influenced where the character comes from. Yeah, oh, cool. Um, he actually, that. it's it's from, he's from Yavin 4. That's pretty clear now. He mm-hmm. said it several times in Comic-Con oh, cool. panels, and it's in Shattered Empire. Um, and he said that kind of came from him because of his uh, his background and his ethnic makeup. He was like, how about the character kind of come from this kind of an, uh, you know uh, environment and everything? And then they said, yeah, sounds good. Awesome. That's another great example of uh, the good side of what I was mm-hmm. sort of complaining about at the top of the podcast of mm-hmm. a little bit more of a collaborative effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that that's true because that's, that's true because George – George, uh, he may, maybe made some mistakes, which is so odd because he is, uh, I, I know, a very caring and compassionate human. You see that time and time again in his stories. Oh, yeah. It just came out in the wrongest of ways yes. <laughs> many times. Yes. And also back in, in Star Wars, it was kind of of his time. I mean, unfortunately, sometimes you're limited to where you are, uh, where it's all right, we got our, we got our princess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, yeah, and having just rewatched the classic trilogy for the watch-alongs we did for, for – um, for Jedi Alliance, it is uh, Le- Leia's performance is amazing and her character is amazing. Just like if you start to pick it apart, how many times that she is the one making the decision and mm-hmm. she is the one who knows the information. That's a good. That's I a mean, good point. I think yeah. it's really, really. It's sad that we only got Princess Leia next to no other female presence. But man, that presence was powerful. It was powerful. And I think one time on one podcast, I think it referred to her as you know the, the the damsel in distress because Carrie herself refers to the Princess Leia as that. And literally, she is a damsel in distress in parts of the movie. But and someone uh, kind of tweet attached me. And it's like, well, like I'm just actually regurgitating what Carrie said. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. In in Star Wars, particularly New Hope, she's there's moments where it's like, no, no, no. And and I grew up thinking she was in 
charge of the Rebel Alliance. Yeah. It wasn't until yeah. Jedi as a young kid that I was like, uh, and I saw Jedi first. So when I went back and saw New Hope and Empire afterwards, I was like, I was confused about the redheaded lady and the shrimp guy. <laughs> I thought Princess Leia was in charge. Shrimp guy. Yeah, it's yeah. the best sitcom oh of the gosh. 80s. Yes. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, what other excitements is before we move on to some of the other stuff we want to talk about here? Any other little moments or just the thrill of being out there? Yeah, I'm, I think I'm excited uh, by things like BB-8, and I'm excited to see mm-hmm. more just kind of weird stuff that's new that expands mm-hmm. the palette of Star Wars. Yeah, and and as you said, we've only got marketing for two acts of movies and only about yeah. five or six characters. Yeah. A lot more to come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get my Luke Skywalker <laughs> coffee creamer. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help myself. Yeah. I mean, I see it. Like, I think you said that at Target, I mean, everywhere yeah. I turn, Lucky Charms, Kraft yeah. Macaroni and Cheese, I have to have it. I bought some <laughs> gum only because it was wrapped in an R2. Like, I didn't need it. I was at a 7-Eleven. I was like, no, yes, 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 yes. yes. I'll probably get you. some of the CoverGirl makeup. <laughs> Very savvy marketing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, excited. You're just kind of excited to be there, huh? Excited to oh, thrill. I'm so excited. Now, you know, your young Padawan is too young to take in these movies now, but yes. uh, I know you're counting down the days to be able to sit down with her and, uh, and go, here is this universe. Yes. And I hope you don't want to watch Alvin and Chipmunks too much. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, the horror. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I don't know when we're going to introduce her to it. Three? Mm. Two? I mean, yeah. It's tough. Uh, you know, my, yeah. my friend, his, uh, his daughter's nine now, and younger, he, they used to go to Disneyland a lot, and I may have told the story on air before, but um, uh, his daughter was three-ish, um, and uh, my friend's a very strong alpha male top cop pro wrestler, you know, so he kind of, his daughter's, you know, fall down, get back up, or, you know, I'm going to yank you back up yourself, like, do it. Very tough young lady. She's a dancer now, too, at nine, but um, three, she went to Disneyland and um, fought Darth Maul, <laughs> but what happened is they picked her up, so and cool. when Maul came up, all the other kids ran, and my friend's daughter stood up. And wow. said, I will take you on. <laughs> and she stood in front of him. And it was a great moment. That's awesome. And we just, he just recently tried to sit down and watch the Star Wars movies with her. And she was bored. She was like, ah. So he's like having this like, oh, it's that oh, age. No. I got to get her back in. I got to get her back oh, in. So, you, so start, at, start, start early. Young. Start early. I have to. Build the base. Train Build the, the base. I want to look back to, uh, we talk about the excitement of this one. Uh, going back to Phantom Menace, or going back the first time you saw it, uh, we always kind of ask this question uh, when I was over at Jedi Alliance of when he was the first time you saw it. And I feel it's important, but also look back now, even with, uh, I could say the disappointment of the prequels, though with Joseph's help and uh, counseling, I've got to a point <laughs> where I can watch them and, and, and believe them. But uh, take me back to spring of 99 with you, Jennifer. Where were you? Uh, how did you take it? I was in Orange County, and I was, again, so excited optimistic and then jar jar happened <laughs> and i just felt like maybe there was something wrong you yeah know, that it was a generational thing i was like am i too old for star wars now that i'm not relating to this jar jar binks character i was disappointed but i i still saw it a couple more times and when attack of the clones came out i was still very optimistic mm-hmm. and i went and i saw it at man's chinese theater awesome we waited yeah. in line and there was so much excitement and i will never forget it was midnight showing it was very quiet in the theater <laughs> pretty much the whole <laughs> time <laughs> 
there were some laughs. Yeah. Uh, but I, and I actually started dozing off. And oh as a, no! As a major Star Wars fan, I was I was ashamed. Yeah. I was looking around. God, I hope no one saw me. <laughs> but I I just couldn't figure out what was what was wrong. Hmm. So mm. I'm hoping that that's not going to be the case with the Force Awakens. <laughs> I, don't I don't think, think so. so. No, um, but yeah. But yeah, that was that was a dark time for me. What was <laughs> my Star Wars fandom? What was when you stepped out of the theater after Phantom Menace? What was your first conversations with your friends or whoever you saw with family or friends? Yeah, it it was quiet a little mm, bit, mm-hmm. and it, I think it was almost trying to convince myself that it was it was star wars and it's awesome and i'm like i don't really understand the whole jar jar thing but that's okay right you know so i feel like i was trying to convince myself that it was yeah better and and there's a lot of people that love the phantom menace because for them that's their star wars right Right. and that's okay but for me it was not right I came out of the theater when Nick, California, I saw a 10 a.m. showing, and my friends were that. We made a quick joke. Like, we all sat around. We're like, cool, cool. And someone someone said, and I think it was my, 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 might be my friend uh, Aaron, who now writes uh, on the comic Invader Zim, and he's gone on a great nerd career. And he was the one who went first, was like, um, the, the Sand People were kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> we all kind of sat there and like, yeah, that was a fun moment. And then we all kind of made fun of Palpatine going, we're going to watch your career for a while, Annie. Wink. Wink, wink. And then there was just silence. Yeah. And then by the fifth time I saw it, I was like, no, 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 this is a dark political thriller that ties into what happened in, uh, with the British and uh, the, the, the native armies they tried to fight. And, and, and some of that was true. I think you know, yeah. Lucas dikes the draw on that kind of stuff. Um, and it wasn't until I met Joseph that I was like, I can, I can accept Greg Proops as the podcaster, a okay. pod racer announcer um yeah that's still my least favorite thing but i'm glad i've helped you uh yeah uh joseph you uh yeah so going back to that moment i know where you are now with the previous yeah but uh i was excited with everybody else i had friends who waited in line and and you know you had to in order to get to the midnight showing um and had you know did shifts to get all of our friend groups uh, I, I was uh, an assistant manager at Kinko's and was let off work early because my manager was a huge fan of Star Wars. And, like, tell me I was, uh, and when everybody left, it was like it was shell shock. And mm-hmm. in, in it, because there had been that literal long wait, like I got to the theater at six o'clock, then I saw it at midnight. And like, yeah. the, I will never forget the guy who led the line for that particular theater. Yeah. Like, we were camped out inside the lobby, but we couldn't go in yet. And this is at, like, 7 o'clock. And the guy, like, stood up and kind of lost his mind and gave this sort of mad speech <laughs> about, like, how I am the leader of this Star Wars army and I will protect you. But let it be known that I will slaughter anyone who takes the best seat. I know the exact seat. It is this name and this number. And I have been here for four weeks. And if anybody steps to me, you will die. Um, yeah, and my friend leaned over to me is like, you know, it's does that guy know it's his fault that he waited? That he made his own choice. <laughs> so I feel like there was such emotional energy that when it let out, it was just a little bit shell shocked. Yeah. And I think in in retrospect, and with my appreciating them more now, I th- I feel a lot of that shell shock comes from it, it in many technical ways. When we examine movies, it's not a good movie in the standard technical ways. Right. So there's that. All those arguments. But I think even more importantly is we built up in our head exactly what we expected to see, exactly. which was the mm-hmm. classic trilogy recapitulated for us. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. it's an entirely different movie, an entirely different idea. And that's where I give Lucas credit. He wasn't just like, let me feed you what you expect. 
Right. It's like, it's my story, and this is a different chapter of it, and it has all sorts of different things, and it has a different mm-hmm. tone, and it's targeted for a different age, and you can debate whether those choices are good or bad, but those are the choices, and they're legitimately the choices of an artist, whether they're executed well or not. Right. And I think that is what we reacted to so much, and that's what gives me fear about The Force Awakens, is that so much about it is going to be, can we give you exactly what you want? Uh. Right. And I feel like, yes, please do give me what, what I want, but part of what I want is for you to surprise the hell out of me. Yeah. So true. By making it your own. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and there's little there's those uh, you know, the star killer base or whatever thing and it's like yeah. uh, if, if it is if, if it is like a hey, we decided to give the Death Star another try, like uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm willing to play along yeah. though. Yeah, I always talk about the problem with new um and expectations and how um you know, I I, I cited uh, Ryan Adams, one of my favorite artists, and he always says every new album or I release, people hate it, but they forget that they hated the last one because what they really like is the one that they connected to when they were 22 mm. and their emotions right. were at that time and then later on you connect with this one when your emotions tie to this property so there was definitely a lot of that with yeah. Phantom Medicine and the trilogy uh, the prequel at large um, you know again we've come to a different place I think you and I are, are uh, probably different where others are I don't know how we might have to pull Jennifer a little bit more into our I, I know God, I it's okay like... it's okay you can feel however you want no, but, uh, yeah, for no. me too like I, I, I remained hard even though I recognize all the problems I remained a hardcore fan and that's part of the reason Mm-hmm. That I continued to like them, and I, I was lucky to go to a midnight showings of Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith with people who were still excited, mm. and I still got those cheer moments. Like, oh, and I, and see, I was too. Good. Yeah, I, you so mentioned... it made it a much more positive yeah. experience yeah. because I did get to see and feel other people enjoying it. Yeah, well, Jennifer mentioned you mentioned gearing back up to go to Attack of the Clones. That meant your faith was still there. Oh, it was still there. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was I just I lived and breathed the original yeah. trilogy. Yeah, that was my Star Wars. Sure, but I was, still had hope. I mean, I I have huge respect for George Lucas, and mm. you know, I'm I just felt like maybe I didn't understand yeah. the prequels as much, or you know, and so I I'm willing to learn. <laughs> Te- teach me. We were fun. We were... I mean, I like Revenge of the Sith though. Sith, yeah. yeah, Sith is an easy sell, and look, there's parts in it. That- Attacker Clones may actually be my least favorite of them now, which is weird to say, though there's some great stuff with the battles that I loved uh, the, on Genosis. Uh, we were talking over at uh, Screen Junkies uh, headquarters the other day where we just did some honest trailer stuff over there on uh, Sith is coming out, I think, uh, and we did Jedi, uh, and um, they in studying it, because I'm not part of that writing team, but they they watch the movies over and over and take notes. They, they realize, you know, we've been making fun of Hayden all this time. But really, he was making the same choice as Hamill did. The Natasha uh, Station because power converters, that, like father, like son. Oh. So they're like, well, m- maybe we were a little too harsh on Hayden back in the day because he's just going, well, that's what my son would do. So he'd be like his father. So yeah. I'm going to be a little whiny too. He gave an interview back in the day where he said that he thought his voice should be a little flat and monotone. So it makes sense the way Vader speaks. Mm-hmm. And that has always been to me one of those like, okay, well, there's the like, however much I defend George Lucas, the mm-hmm. uh, idea versus execution. <laughs> you know, every instinct in my body is a guy who's like directed actors doing theater. Like, <laughs> makes perfect sense. I see where you came to that idea. Do not <laughs> effing do that. That is a terrible idea. People right. must connect with you. Right. So, yeah. Right. And I think that's where you, that's, you can see. So that's where something You can yeah. see where the execution is coming. Yeah. Like, Great idea, actor. Don't do that. Don't. Don't do that. Mm. And George is just going to go, yeah, sounds good. Fast and more intense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's the uh, Peter Serafinowicz story of doing the voiceover for Darth Maul, and George's direction was, yeah, can you be more evil? <laughs> Did it again. Uh, try like more evil. Like, it just, that's all he got from George. God bless George. God bless uh. the maker. So, yeah, that's. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I look back at what it was. Uh, I know we're going to be excited when that, when that, um, wherever I see it and whenever I see it, um, that strain. I know we're not going to get the 20th Century Fox fanfare. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hum it to myself. Uh, I, I bet the whole theater does. I, I bet, bet I can get the will. whole theater to do that. I think there's going to be something else in its place. No, I know they have said that there's it? not a Disney thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's start doing it now. I mean, I just thought it was part of the Star Wars theme growing up. But, yeah, yeah, there'll be something. Yeah. Something similar. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like when I first saw the full trailer, the little, uh, mm-hmm. just the little, I don't want chimes, keys, with yeah. it, ding, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so when I first heard that, I was like, that's. I thought they were really going to lead with some yeah. recognizable Star Wars stuff. But already, having watched the trailer a bunch, that's starting to have weight for me. Yeah. Of like a new Star Wars theme where like you yeah. hear that one yeah. little chime little tinkle <laughs> yeah yeah and you're like that's the tinkle of star wars <laughs> <laughs> well even the remix because it's kind of a remixed version of williams theme and some new stuff in that uh in the trailer with the falcon flying the han and leia theme or whatever yeah. it is uh, the leia theme uh even that's that's like a new kind of remixed dubstep version in a way <laughs> and uh i'm already i love that you know yeah i love mm. that i love i love uh watching the trailer with the the, the version on youtube with no dialogue it's just the music oh, mm-hmm. that's incredible. yeah have you seen that oh, yeah I yeah have. yeah it's oh. amazing Amazing. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. Oh, and that one inspires nice. hope in me where, where I think we're okay when we're going to see this movie. Yeah. Um, uh, we talked a lot already about the ad campaign stuff, but I want to touch on it a little, little here. We had given them so much credit, and they deserve the credit, Joseph, in one of our episodes of how they handled it from 2012 mm-hmm. to the uh, the only trailer we were supposed to get that was official. <laughs> oh, nope, this one next week. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, uh, we haven't discussed stuff, but um, uh, from them, then till now, how, how have you felt about the campaign? Uh, more uh, almost evil genius, like the amount of power and savvy in their marketing is borderline terrifying to me. So uh, the thing, when when they first announced their partners, their uh, promotional partners, I was like, oh, well, that's cool to have a variety. But I didn't really see, like, cars, CoverGirl, uh, Duracell batteries. I'm so used to Star Wars marketing being attached to, here's another thing you can buy. You can go to Burger King and get the, the Lando glass that you're drinking out of right now, Jennifer Landa. You can get action figures and trading cards and shoes and stuff that you can buy more Star Wars. So I was like, why are they partnering with these? Okay, so now you know my wife and I are watching Flash and Arrow, and 50% of the commercials are Star Wars mm-hmm. because it's this back-scratching thing of like, well, I want to sell a car. I want to sell batteries i want to sell a verizon data plan <laughs> and more people will watch if it's star wars, star wars. so like ha- literally 50 percent of the commercials mm. are star wars the force awakens december 18th yeah and it's like wow that's brilliant because that's a way to make you truly truly immersed because yeah you can't go to radio shack Without yeah. hearing about Star Wars, you can't yeah. go. You know, you, you can't, can barely go to Radio Shack at all. Yeah, anymore, but when you yeah, do, true, Star true. Wars. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, I think it is a, a new and clever way to make sure that it's everywhere, and a way that only something that already has such a powerful brand could do that. Where mm-hmm. everybody else is like, yes, please, yes, I will give you money to advertise your movie because it will sell my lipstick. Of course, mm-hmm. of course, I will. Mm-hmm. They're not doing anything that's surprising me, and I've talked about this in Spotlight Star Wars here on the network, where they're following a marketing plan when now it's the interviews and just mm-hmm. a regular movie coming out. So I, I can't criticize it. It's it's not surprising. I'm the one choosing not to watch it. I didn't. I watched everything Age of Ultron because I'm not a Marvel guy. I'll enjoy them. I'll go see the movies. But if the you know you saw Iron Man and Hulk are, are having breakfast together, they're not going to spoil anything. For me. I don't <laughs> care. Uh, but Star Wars, I'm choosing to pull myself out of the of it. So they're not doing anything wrong. But Jennifer, is it is it really? too much or are we all just being sensitive because we don't want to hear I almost wonder if it's because we're in this little bubble where mm. I'm like if if I wasn't a Star Wars fan mm. would I feel bombarded by Star Wars because you know everyone I follow on Twitter is Star Wars fans and everyone on Facebook and you know so I'm just wondering it, would I feel like okay this is too much Star Wars mm-hmm. but I do know to Joseph's point when I'm watching television, I, you know, I DVR everything. I fast right. forward through the commercials. 
and I, they get me every time. I'm like, oh, it's a Star Wars thing. I mean, there are so many Star yeah. Wars commercials. There's a ton. And they're good. Yeah. yeah. They get me. Oh, they're just so clever, you know? <laughs> I mean, they tug at the heartstrings. That, what was it, the, the Duracell one? The, with the, the, yeah, the Duracell one. Uh, a, a lot of them are generational. We talked about that a little bit when, yeah. when you oh, were yeah, on Jedi yeah. Alliance. Like, so much of that. But even now, some are coming out that aren't generational, but are just, mm. like, other ways to approach your fandom. Right. Like, the CoverGirl one is just sort of about, like, the coolest aesthetics of right. you know how you identify with being on the dark side or the light side and like right. yeah just and the yeah. verizon one is my favorite by far is that the kids uh, playing no the verizon one is uh bb8 and chewbacca are on oh, what right. looks like the death star mm. a death star it's got you know right. it's got the death star lighting death scheme. star seven yeah uh, <laughs> death star 28 yeah uh, and BB-8 is trying to download some information while Chewbacca mm. is fighting. I haven't, I haven't seen it because I've fast-forwarded anything that's Star well, Wars. Well, this is great because mm. it is actual actual Star Wars content, not yeah. like, look, my shoes are Star Wars. Like, it's <laughs> it's actual. St- they're on some sort of space station. It's BB-8. It's Chewbacca. It's First Order Stormtroopers. Chewbacca's yeah. shooting them down with his bowcaster while BB-8 is trying to get the data. But because he doesn't have Verizon... <laughs> It's not moving fast enough. And it is that... But it's just Star Wars. It's just BB-8 trying to download something, and Chewbacca's like, ah, oh, come on, hurry up, BB-8, and I have to fight these stormtroopers now. Like, oh, man, that's great. Because it spoils nothing, yes. but it's full Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not kids playing. It's yeah. There's no content in it that isn't Star Wars. The kids playing one, the brother and sister played, I thought was that interesting. That one's amazing. It's a good commercial, and it ties into like what it was uh, me and my sister playing in, I, in my uh, backyard uh, yeah. playing Star Wars. But what I loved is I actually... And it might, I, think we, I think it may have been... I haven't been on Jedi Alliance in a while, but I think you guys may have discussed it, but I know I've heard it elsewhere, where people were actually like, well, um, the girl had a lightsaber and she was dressed as Rey. And she uses the Force. Uses right. the Force. So it's clearly, I'm like, wow, we've gotten to that point? Yes. <laughs> to that point. Yes. Oh, yeah. boy. Is that commercial canon? Yeah, exactly. I was about to say that. Is it canon? <laughs> canon. Oh. Um, so in the end, yeah, it's been a lot. I don't think they're doing anything they shouldn't have done. Um, we're just choosing to to avoid it all, and it's been hard to avoid it. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're at Target, you know, mac and cheese, Darth Vader mac and cheese doesn't spoil it. Anything. <laughs> well, um, so now uh, we're moving on to the point in the show where I want to discuss how we deal. How do we deal with a lot of things that might come out uh, next week? And how do we deal <laughs> when this point this week we're excited because we're going to see Star Wars. And yeah. at this point we will have known. But first, how do we deal with it being bad? How do we deal with it? What steps will it take? What support groups will mm. we form? And I'm talking about Clearly bad. Let's not talk about well B plus C plus. Talk about oops. Yeah. Wow. What do we do? Like the third act is just an absolute repetition of a new yeah. hope. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man. Um, yeah. Or or Darth Vader rises up and is like, I am a clone, and you were like, No, <laughs> we do know. You know who knows? Who knows? Oh, we would be in trouble. Yeah, I think there's the personal, and then there's the uh, the bubble that we're a part of that you were talking about, Jennifer, where, you know, we cover it, and, uh, you know, a part of our careers and a part of our livelihood is involved in it, and if the mm. bottom just drops out, there's a little bit of the, ah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's the personal, and then there's almost the, like, uh you know, because we're tied in. There's, they got a movie a year now. You got yeah. a movie a year, yeah. To now to the end of time. Yeah, mm. I mean, it, yeah, it, it is mm. dangerous for our economy <laughs> for it to be bad, which sounds utterly ridiculous. But at the same oh, time, it, sense. it is. It is. It's a major, major thing that has to go well. I mean, too many tentpole movies collapsing threatens our actual economy. Yeah, 
You're not wrong. Um, yeah. So if it's bad, uh, I feel like in our bubble, I feel like a lot of people will really want to find the jokes and find the bashing and find the, mm-hmm. uh, the I mean, I think that's going to be the rise of the fan edits. Talk about fan edits. <laughs> I feel like people in our bubble will f- feel the need to say, like, we need, you know, our industry is going to be counseling in catharsis. Yeah. Uh, for a, at least a year, I think so. Support, and, you groups. know, Rogue One colon A New Hope, you know, yeah. will be, <laughs> come out. Well, then that's the thing too. If this one goes wrong, oh boy. if we follow it up with Rogue One, which is already a risky proposition, I'm yeah. really excited about Rogue One. But it's it's risky. It could be possibly the first Star Wars movie without a Jedi or a lightsaber. You know, it's two adults. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, who knows? So, yeah. So what, what are we gonna, Jennifer? We walk out on that day. And we're like, <laughs> Wookie Fingers was the least of our concern. No. I mean, I feel like I'm at the point now where I'm just going to lie and tell myself it was awesome because I wouldn't be able to face the truth. If I were to face the truth, I'd be huddling in a corner saying, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do with my life? Yeah. But I, I'm going to try. Even if it's terrible, I will yeah. try and find the good. Well, that's the thing. is Here's where I think I have one up on people who hate the prequels. Is I am used to uh, films being Star Wars films being technically bad and yeah. still finding joy in them. Mm-hmm. And then the reason I fell down this whole prequels rabbit hole yeah. is I, even though I recognize all the problems that people complain about, yeah. I kept watching them. Yes. Like when I went to see Attack of the Clones, I watched Phantom Menace first. When it came out on VHS, yeah. I had a party, and even my critical friends who hate it came over and watched it with me. Right. I'd never stopped watching them, and I realized, and I told other friends like. It's Star Wars. Yeah. It's they're they're Jedi and they're running around with lightsabers. And at the end of the day, I would rather watch that than most other it, things. You touched true. on two points for me there and why um you know, when Mod and I started Jedi Alliance, I've told the story before, we bashed the prequels like we always would do, throwing our Jar Jar jokes and our fans revolted and we kinda had to temper it a little bit and then you kinda came into my life as a friend and started talking about oh, the prequels uh, have some things and in the deep dark secrets of my soul I love watching the last 35 minutes of Sith yeah I like watching it and so I was like Joseph's right (laughs) you can't replace them they're here forever and um, which is as Red Letter Media would say it's the first thing about them and look I love Red Letter Media tearing apart the prequels it's hilarious but then you said the point of we as Star Wars fans have come to agree that you know there's one great film one good film and four films we like to watch and have fun (laughs) and that's part of the joy of Star Wars too and why I don't like the fan edits circle back around to that is uh, I get it you're, you're a fan you want to do we all talk about it we can all go have dinner tonight and go wouldn't it be great if uh, you know the Nimodians didn't speak in a bad Asian accent um, but to actually go and do it and put it in a film and, and release it great not taking it away from you but that's not what the story is. That's, yeah. And if I'm going to crawl into the Star Wars bubble, as I often do, and not worry about the outside world, just worry about the Star Wars world, uh, that stuff is not going away because George established it as the truth yeah. and right. the story. So that is all there. You can't erase it, and I don't want to erase it because it, it, it builds all into it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel the same way uh, about the fan edits. Yeah. Of, you know, it, it, it it's great to sort of fix what you thought was wrong but it makes them it, what the fan edits do is it makes them match better with the classic trilogy yeah and i just feel like he made the choice to make different kinds of movies yeah so well even like and I, that's his choice i don't like the 
I like the Darth Maul lightsaber battle. I like I like a lot of Darth. I like I even like the, the Sith one. Like I said, I like watching Last of Five Minutes of Sith. But it's definitely more rehearsed and everything. But I wanted to hear Lucas go. Well, yeah, idiot. The the the, the Jedi were like at the top of their game there. Yeah, they, they knew how to fight. It wasn't an old man in a cape. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're gonna see some different. So light. It no, wasn't an oh, old man in a robot. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I can believe it a little bit more there. So I think yeah, I, the long way around to if the Force Awakens is just terrible. And I think it might do some things that, as a fan, make me personally really mad. Uh, I will still find moments to enjoy. Right. No matter how horrible it is. Definitely. There's already stuff I can see that I'm going to enjoy. Yeah. But it's that moment. And I, I might be a little like you, Jennifer. I might walk out and go, well, I've got four more showings. This was great. I love that Chewie now has underwear. It's awesome. <laughs> good choice. <laughs> it's a good thing. We're good here. Um, but uh, the next question I have I think might be the most important one because it's probably the most realistic one. Mm-hmm. we got J.J. Abrams, who I enjoy a lot of his stuff. I love the first Star Trek. Didn't like Into Darkness. I like the mm-hmm. first half of uh, Super 8. Did not like the ending. Um, it's Abrams. He's got a certain track record. Um, what do we do when we walk out of this movie and it was average? That's almost worse. Right? It is. Wow. I think to mm-hmm. have something that's kind of meh, you know, um, gosh, how do we deal with it if it's, if it's average? And, and do we push it up? And we come out and that was a C plus. And had some good sequences and some set pieces that were fun. And Han and, uh, did his part and Luke's beard looked awesome because I'm growing my beard to look like his <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um, and But, you know, this and that, the dialogue was not great or, you know, they, eh, maybe Daisy wasn't as good as we thought. You know, yeah. like what... what what do we do, in Joseph? A, you're know, the, you're the great pontificator yeah. of Star Wars. How do we get through this? In a way, it's good because a uh, part of the Star Wars experience is just uh, uh, rehashing it and having your opinions, your strong opinions. Uh, right. right. You know, I just did the Return of the Jedi watch along and was surprised that I still have very, very strong negative opinions about the Ewoks. Yeah. And, and could not quite get that through to my <laughs> my co-host on the watch along to get them to understand my Ewok perspective because it's just like I, I understand what you, the words coming out of your mouth but the emotion behind them makes no sense so I mean that's always a part of it so in a way that might be a gift if it really is a sort of 50-50 mix where there's those things of like there are moments in The Force Awakens that are like the shots of the bounty hunters in Empire Strikes Back like who could not like that who could not right, go right right those they look so cool who yeah. could not are like they Dengar. oh the way oh. boss growls at that guy and the way you know the empire's racism yeah. is communicated through that one like oh, how could you not like if you have those moments like that and then yeah. you have lots of things like ewoks are like other people can see it and other people are like if they just had pointy ears they wouldn't have been teddy bears like you know that, oh. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that's always my Ewok thing. If they had just had pointy ears, I would have been okay. I know we have a we have a yub nub for life. Person oh, I'm here. so sorry, I forgot. No, oh, but no. but I'm so sorry. You're, you're used to it. Ah. <laughs> my my, I watched Jedi recently, and I, I I talked about it on Spotlight Star Wars. I think last week. Um, I get angry when I look at the the Ewoks killing the stormtroopers by lightly tapping their armor with sticks. <laughs> It's now canon that the armor is not good. So a little bit of a patch right, there right, from, right. from Rebels. Rebels. But, yeah. but the Rebels point is, I mean, feel, feel free to, to, to come back at me about the Ewoks because I forgot that was one of your guiding passions. Uh, 
But I feel like the her point daughter is actually named Wicket, by the way. <laughs> Wicket W. Landa? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like, it, it, in a way, it's a boon that there's stuff that we can really discuss and really have strong, different opinions I get your about. Point. Yeah, no, that, like you're right. That. You're right. That's good. That's uh, good. Mizzy, walk you have the floor. No. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. And I, I think it, the 50 50 thing makes it bearable. Um, <laughs> I almost wonder, though, if we might just be like, okay, well, that happened. Let's look to the future. Yeah. What, what's, yeah. You know, what's episode eight going to be like? What's Rogue Rogue One going to be like? You know, and start yeah, speculating about those and kind of forget about The Force Awakens. Yeah. Well, because we got less time now. We had uh, Phantom right. Menace ended. We're like, well, Attack the Clones is in 2002. Yeah. Um, but even then, it was like, all right, they can correct these wrongs. And the trailer came out for Attack the Clone and like Attack the Clones, and there was the shot at the end with the Jedi being circled uh, but we, by the clones and Genosans. And I remember thinking, oh, my wow. God. Yeah. They did it. They did it. They did it. Okay. Well, Sith, they have, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah there's going to be some of that. Yeah. Look to the future. Look to the future. Head down until morning <laughs> is what we could do. Um, yeah, I, I wonder myself, too, because uh, that. That's, that's look. This film isn't going to win an Oscar. No. Um, you know. However, I look at w- what Peter Jackson did with his his first trilogy, Lord of the Rings. Like uh, Two Towers is a movie that that it it, uh, it, it strokes my fan uh, nerd brain uh, and makes it happy and fuzzy and nerd chills, but it also affects me emotionally. And and as a, and as a movie, I watch those that, that trilogy as a whole. Yeah, is legit. And Return of the King did win. Um, I think that wasn't the one the most deserving of it, but that's a different podcast. But um, so. Who knows? Force Awakens could strike that. It yeah. doesn't look like it's going to. So most likely we're going to be in the... Well, this was a B. Hmm. This was a B plus. That fight was an A minus. <laughs> but that alien with the weird accent, that was a D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? I don't know. Yeah, I feel like... Uh, you feel like what? I feel like there's a possibility uh, toward the greatness. Yeah. Uh, and the things that make me think that is the complexity of what's been in the new canon that the story team is clearly developing. They're clearly developing a much more nuanced universe. Like, uh, we've talked about, like, Star Wars A New Hope. It is... It, horrible things happen. A whole planet blows up. Uh, everybody dies on this space station, and it you're not asked to think about it. Yeah. It's a simple story of good and evil where the good guys won by slaughtering millions of people. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and it, you know, in fiction, they're starting to uh, address those things. And the theme of almost every one of these new books is... The difference between ordering chaos mm-hmm. versus good and evil. And that's already getting into more nuanced storytelling. And if you love geek things, you've seen that pattern again and again where we uh, have come to a point culturally where we need to go deeper in characters. Right. Uh, Doctor Who, uh, I've always been a fan of the classic series and the new series, but you know most seasons about Doctor Who now are a reexamination of who is really the Doctor. Mm. Uh, James Bond used to just uh, shoot people and have flings, and now every every Daniel mm. Craig movie has been an examination of who he is. Yeah. It's an origin story, and I feel like there is a possibility that there will be greatness in The Force Awakens because... Before, what we got in Star Wars was mm-hmm. meaningful looks or a stiff conversation between Luke and Leia and Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. where this film might, just by the way we do storytelling now, have to really dig in into truly who are these people, mm-hmm. truly how do they feel about the events. In, in that way, I think it might rise to being like, this is a truly great movie that echoes... It, hmm. it, really, it really could. An excellent point, because Lost Stars and Aftermath, particularly those two books, mm-hmm. deal with it... You, Gotta get lost stars in your brain, Jennifer. It 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 it, it, it makes you question the rebels. 
makes yeah. you question the Imperials. But you look at the rebels and go, but, oh, you did do that. Wow. Innocent people did. We joke about it. Kevin Smith might joke about it in Clerks. Well, there were just some contractors up there. But this book, Lost Stars, puts it in your face and says, who's the good guys here? Mm. And it's the first time it was really addressed that openly. Aftermath does it, too, because Aftermath is kind of about winning and ruling are two different things. Mm-hmm. And, 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 re- and which is why I think Chuck Wendig, I... I my friend knows that guy, and he is definitely depressed. He's definitely upset about the re- reaction to his book, and it's not – It's not. that's not right because I think yeah. he wrote a great book that tells what happens after the after the fall of a, of a government yeah. galaxy-wide and, and what's happening. I think there's some great, great stuff there, but um, it could factor into it because the force has gone asleep. We joke. Yeah. But why, what, where? And I think the story of Luke or what's going on with Luke could pay off to be something what you're ta- talking yeah. about. And I think if there's weight to Leia and Han and Luke where they have this sort of different philosophical uh, perspective to the wars just won't end in every war we fight. And now now we as fans, we've seen plenty of wars in Star Wars. It used to be a Star War. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it used to be the, the Galactic Civil yeah. War. But now it's been the Clone Wars. And in video games, it's been, you know, Battles of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, so there could be some really great, truly deep sort of like, how do we stop this cycle? We already fought mm-hmm. this war, and now we have to fight it again? Yeah. Uh, and that could have some, like, real powerful resonance. I mean, Star Wars has always had res- has resonance. Sure. But this, I think, might be a little bit more on the surface. Yeah, potentially. And that shot, Jennifer, and, uh, talking about, I want to talk about Han and Leia and that shot in the trailer that we've all seen where she, she's kind of embracing Han and there's pain on her face. I could be putting a total amount of context into that. But for me, there's so much pain into that shot. So well, that one little clip, we all went, oh, Han and Leia. Oh, what's wrong with them? Yeah. Right. There could be some depth to this movie, right? Oh, yeah. I really am excited about the acting. The actors mm-hmm. that they have on board, Lupita Nyong'o yeah. and Oscar Isaac. I mean, these these are phenomenal actors. And I really do believe that with the complexity of the story, they are going to they are gonna bring it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, to me, is what I'm also really excited about, is these incredible performances. Mm-hmm. Um, in like Carrie Fisher yeah. and Harrison Ford and seeing their depth going there. Oh, that yeah. to me is going to be so gratifying to watch, yeah. not just as a fan, but also as a fan of acting. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think it's going to have that uh, double effect of the uh, story that we've, that we're being told. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also I think especially for older people, well, actually older and younger, regardless of perspective, it's true for us in real life of we mm. lived through this with these characters. We lived through this with these actors if you're older. Mm-hmm. And then if you're younger, it will have this resonance of, hey, the way Han is talking to Finn, mm. that's the way my grandpa talks to me and my friends about you don't understand the world. This is the truth. This is what you're going to run into. Right. So I think it's going to have this great generational power. Such a good point. There's so much weight when he says that. Yeah. You know, like he is seeing it all. Yeah. And that is, that's. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, this is again why I call Joseph the great pontificator of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Because he adds layers to things that I sometimes uh, don't understand that I'm grasping. I'm looking, because, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. But yeah, when that scene with Han, we're focusing on, oh, Han now believes in the Force because back then he just he just didn't but but to have him go like no 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 it's it's all true and the fact that these two young people just 30 years or so removed from this history it'd be like us forgetting world war ii or vietnam yeah. right. now um you know yeah i mean god rubber soul's 50 years old today uh, this week yeah you know time is moving yeah. on and for them only 30 years away to be like 
we heard that like some dudes had laser swords yeah. or something. You hear about this? And there's some like, yeah, you're right. This is this is kind of pulling deeper yeah. themes. We're here. recording this on Frank Sinatra's 100th birthday. Oh, yeah. He would be so long forgotten in the Star Wars universe, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Just be ancient here. And so still the fu- but those are the fun little things in Star Wars. Yeah. Where 18 years after the Clone Wars, they were ancient history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember hearing about them. Though it's weird, though, sidetrack in Rebels or some of the new canon. It's it's clear that it's not as erased, so they have to kind of answer somehow for how do we get the new hope, and people are like, the what now? Well, I feel like that's a gr- another great part of Lost Stars. This is mostly just flavor of how much uh, uh, just manipulation there is in terms of using the media to just say, don't talk about those things. They didn't ah. happen. If you heard that from your dad mm-hmm. or your older brother... They were lying. That stuff's not there. And I love that part of the storytelling. There is a lot. And I I know, Jennifer, maybe you're not as caught up as a new canon because, God forbid, you you went and had a kid. (laughs) And you probably can't sit and read comics like me all night. Put a damper on those kinds of things. You have more time than me to play video games as a new mom. (laughs) And I am ashamed of myself. (laughs) But there is time and time again in all the new canon, whether it be set in the Clone War period, uh, or coming out of that, I should say, and into Aftermath and, and Lost Stars, which stretches many decades, mm-hmm. actually. Um, uh, there's a theme, and that theme is, you hear that Luke guy, I think he, like, prays or something. Yeah. You hear Darth, I heard Darth Vader kind of had a red lightsaber or something, like that those Sith guys are read about, but that good guy Emperor... Like, he was a good guy. Like, he didn't have any weird powers. Like, that comes up all the time. Yeah. Which I think factors into what we're about to watch. Yeah, I think it's going to factor into the actual story, is my guess. Oh, yeah. man, I need to read all these books now. <laughs> no, no, no. How many uh, naps can my daughter take? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's over and over again. And I've noticed it a lot in Lost Stars because Skywalker's there. There's some stuff about Skywalker. Yeah. But um, it's just kind of like, uh, you know, there's a couple characters. I don't want to get into it too much with Jennifer here. But there's a couple characters are like, oh, that guy Luke seems kind of weird. Yeah. You know, he uses, like, magic powers, they say. Like, yeah, <laughs> what's the deal with what's him? What's the deal yeah. with that dude? <laughs> it's weird. It's it's looking at it's the commoners, so to speak, looking at the celebrities of the galaxy. But it's also if you dig deeper, it it I still think it factors in why Luke was like, enough of this shit, I'm leaving. I think so. <laughs> I think a lot of it is going to be about, well, uh the the battles between the Jedi and Sith and even kind of Jedi amongst themselves of the philosophy of the galaxy have really done nothing but cause trouble mm-hmm. that everybody else gets pulled into. Mm-hmm. And I could see that, that really being a motivation for Luke of like I would love it if the story was he started training someone and they immediately started behaving poorly. Yeah. And he was like, no, there, there shouldn't be a new, <laughs> new Jedi order. I'll, if there's a problem, I'll yeah. just go quietly take care of it. And yeah. I, I love the idea. If it is this in the movie, I love it that the Force is like, um, guys, you got to you got to pay attention to me. Yeah, for you got to use me. Yeah. People of the galaxy. Exactly. You for need whatever to reason, use me. I, I don't want, and Jennifer, I want your opinion next on it because me and him have had episodes getting to talk about this. I, I don't want Luke to be in trouble per se. I want it to be something where he's gone away yeah. and they can't find him. Where, where do you come down on Luke? What do I, you want? Yeah, I think so. I think that'd be much more gratifying. And I, mm. I have a feeling like he's not going to appear till probably the end of the film. Yeah. And it's it's I think that we're not going to really explore his story or where he's been too much. In yeah. this movie, right? Yeah, right. That makes sense to me. I, I think so. I don't know. I'm I mean, afraid so, but I think so. Yeah, yeah, I'm afraid so. I would love to know more, but I think that you know they, they have a particular way they want to have the story revealed, and mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. And we're all right with that. I'm all right with we're that. We're all right with that. Yeah, I, yeah. I just can't. I don't want Luke to be you know trapped 
and can't get out. Like, yeah. it just doesn't seem and, like, yeah, I don't, I don't want a rescue story. No. Yeah, I, well, I mean, how could they? J.J. Abrams is on record as saying the, the buzzword for him and Lawrence Kasdan is delightful. Right. That the movie needs to be delightful. Right. How would it be delightful after all of this? For you know, Luke to turn to the camera with yellow eyes, or you know, oh, no. or to just be like, "Oh, I've been locked in a Sith cage." Like, <laughs> yeah, you want that cheer moment of, F, "Yeah, it is Luke Skywalker, and he is a Jedi." Man. What could be more delightful than just yeah. Luke steps on the screen and just throws the largest spaceship you've ever seen across the galaxy with oh, his hand? Like, gosh. what could be a bigger cheer moment? What could be more I'm, delightful? I'm getting nerd chills thinking of Neat. some fictional, fictitious moment we're creating. Yeah. So now we're we're creating. Yeah. We're our own worst enemy because yes. we're creating new expectations. Oh, we're no, that's right. Already fan it. editing Force Awakens. We haven't fan seen it. Fan editing Force Awakens. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right, man. I, I kind of want Kylo. I keep I keep joking that Kylo, you know, used to work at Luke's bed and breakfast, and he's just pissed <laughs> off at him. But I kind of, yeah, I want Luke to walk in and be like, oh, that's not a lightsaber. This is a lightsaber, yeah, but in me, a dramatic, epic yeah, fashion. Yeah. Mm. So what are we gonna do if this movie's great? If this celebrate. does hit all the points, if we, yeah, yes. are we gonna dance? Are we gonna be like Ewoks celebrating? Yeah, yep, nub. I think we're gonna have to reach up, check yep, ourselves nub. before we wreck ourselves. I think everybody's <laughs> gonna be so happy and so like anybody who's never been a Star Wars fan, like in your, your face. face. I think <laughs> I, I think that Saturday night I might have to host a party. After I've seen it for the fifth time, if yeah. it is as great as it is, just everyone come over. We can group cry and hug that we did it. Yeah, <laughs> as fans, we got to a point where this thing paid off. Yeah, because there's a lot of you know, disappointment in the in the nerd world when these big properties come out, and sometimes they hit, and then the next one, you know, look, I'm not a huge Marvel guy, but I love the love the Avengers and Age of Ultron. Eh, okay, you know, so sometimes you know, Game of Thrones has gone on, is 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 slipped and more than it did the first couple seasons, so. So if this hits, I, I am going to want to dance like an Ewok of yeah. the X-Wing pilot. Yeah, you know? I think that it's almost too much power for it to be an amazing, amazing film. Yeah, if, it, mean, hits, if it hits all points. Yeah. If it hits all points. I think the main thing, the main, my main worry overall is that I feel like there is not a film that can live up to the hype. It's, you know, the dark side of the marketing. Yeah. Being excited. Mm. Like, there is the, no experience of sitting and watching a thing can live up to yeah. the amount of hype. And I, my hope is that fans sort of gear themselves and remember that, you know, a part of being a Star Wars fan is it has always been more than the movies. Right. It has never been just I so enjoy sitting and watching this movie. Right. It's been that I take it to the playground. It's that I mm-hmm. buy this. It's that, you know, my dad I wakes me up this. at yeah. middle of the night and says, you know, there's a new glass at Burger King. I'll, I'm load you in the truck. And we're, you know, like <laughs> it's those moments that have lived with us that those yeah. that the commercials are, are tapping on. And uh, even for people who hate the prequels, uh, they have great stories of the the night they went to go see it, or waiting in line, yeah, or all that. And definitely. I feel like I feel like fans should so keep in their heart: it's not just the movie; mm-hmm. it's the memory of all these times, ta- doing these shows, or listening to these shows, or coming around the corner at Target and seeing the toys for the first time. Mm-hmm. That is a part of the experience. The movie yeah. itself will not live up to it when you look back. Yeah, analyze this time. It's going to be all those experiences that make it special, right? As well as just 
was the film good or bad. Yeah, and this is, I mean, we're seeing it um, with all the horrible things in the world. At least you can have the slight distraction of the fun of Star Wars. Yeah. That mm-hmm. has a, The world is ready for this week. This yeah. is a worldwide <laughs> event yeah. of Star Wars fan. We see it on Twitter uh, by having the pleasure of doing these shows and, and being at the forefront of the Star Wars media discussion community. Yeah. All of your tweets that come to us, uh, and it's like, yeah, we're, we're, all on the, we're all in this together. Yeah. We're all going to have fun. If it's great, Jennifer, um, uh, what's the first thing you're going to do? Step out of that theater. I'm going to say. Hit all points. I think I might hug a stranger. <laughs> because I, and I, I do believe it's going to be great. And I think being able to see other fans just so excited coming mm-hmm. out of that theater with me, that's going to be everything. Yeah. You know, that's what it's about. It's about being able to, to be here talking about it. I mean, this is a historical moment, and I will never forget this period of my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. I could get emotional just thinking about it. <laughs> you know, like where all these dreams, like you're yeah. saying, what, what was going to happen after Jedi as a kid? I, I just always used to wonder, and now here we are yeah. in this time. Yeah. I will never forget that yeah. and for that i will i'm thankful for the movie for giving us this experience yeah. and so it's going to be good it's and, going to be awesome and thankful to an old wise wizard from modesto california yeah who mm. said i need to do flash gordon nope can't do that i think i gotta do my own <laughs> i'll make up another thing um <laughs> seriously I, I you know i think we've discussed too it's like enough on the george yeah, George did this for us. Yes. George did this for us as, as fans. Now I'm getting emotional. I love George. I, I brushed his shoulder once at the Grove in Hollywood, oh. and I didn't I didn't say a word to him because I didn't want to, oh. because yeah. it just was like it's. What do I say? I blubbered to a 70 year old man next to an Italian restaurant at the Grove. Um, you know, it 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 started. There's a little the the story. Chris Taylor's uh, how I, how Star Wars conquered the galaxy. We, how many times do we say that? The story of of how he created this and and how he almost died in a car accident and turned him into this. Yeah. And now we have this, and we do have the community. I will hug strangers if I come out in that movie's even to see. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if there's one good star- lightsaber fight, I'm hugging someone. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what a great time to be a Star Wars fan is what we say. But are you ready for a Star Wars movie a year? Are we ready for this? Is this what we want? Uh, it is what it, it is what we I go must from it, tears of joy yeah. to it, grumbles. Of it, it is what I must effort. accept. Yeah, uh, yeah. Why wouldn't they do it? Uh, we talked a little, a little bit about this on on Jedi Alliance last mm-hmm. week of the. Um, why wouldn't Disney, with everything they've learned with Marvel, why wouldn't they want to make it a movie a year? Yeah. Um, and how are yeah. they going to do that? Which, you know, a part of me is like, oh, it's, it's fine if they expand the universe enough that there are really different stories to tell. If Rogue One hits, if you can tell, it's just like, this is set in the Star Wars universe, mm. but it's a horror movie. Or, yeah. you know, this is a swashbuckling pirate movie that's, you know. Mm-hmm. But for the actual main trilogy, you got to let that rest. Yeah, because it's yeah. generational. I know. Yeah, you, we can't just roll right into episode uh, ten. You know, I agree. I agree, Jennifer. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm curious to see how the marketing goes next year. You know, are they going to go crazy again? Mm-hmm. I, I'm really, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like they need to almost have this sort of like Rogue One. We want it to make a lot of money, but uh, but it's got to make money in a different way. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like the Rogue One advertising is going to be some version of like, this isn't your grandma's Star Wars. This is shocking and different. Like, yeah. because they need to sell us on, like, uh, you know, with Marvel, those movies are really, really different movies. They share some DNA, they share yeah. some plot points, but they're really, really different. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, Thor is this weird space fantasy, almost like Star Wars. You know, and Captain America is this grounded 
study Politi- of America. Political thriller. Political right. thrillers, yeah. And yeah. I feel like they know they need to do that with Star Wars mm-hmm. in order yeah. to roll them out. And Rogue uh, One's going to be selling us on that. Rogue One is, is the key to me. It, I mean, I think it's a great shot out of the gate for the first one. I love it. Uh, I'm all on it. The teaser trailer released at Celebration was chilling in just yeah. 10 seconds. Uh, got me hooked, and I kind of was already there. Uh, seeing Gareth Edwards, who is who who traveled to where they shot Tatooine and has pictures from his 30th birthday. <laughs> He's another fan, but I think yeah. he gets it, and I'm not worried about Godzilla or anything, because it's a different thing. You're plugged into a machine. Um, it's just how much of your personality can you put in the machine. But yeah, w- the test is Rogue One. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but I know people who are, aren't aware it's coming out. What? What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, I've, I've heard it mentioned several times. Really? Yeah, I, I, was I suppose at, so. Yeah, I was at a party um, recently. Our friend uh, Maddie Rue, the, the author, just moved to Seattle, going away party. Someone someone brought it up. Someone said, you hear they're making more of these. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So Rogue One's a test. It's going to be a test. Because yeah. it's not, you can't market Luke Skywalker. You can't market Han Solo Chewbacca. Right. You can't. Right. And it is good to remember that there, you know, so much of the audience is just normal people who are just kind of like, yeah, lightsabers, Darth Vader, uh, yeah, he breathed weird, right? Yeah. Yay, Star mm-hmm. Wars. It's more yeah. of that. And you can't be like, but you remember the opening scroll where they said, you know. <laughs> you remember that moment us. where they said strike from a hidden rebel, rebel base? This is that moment. <laughs> <laughs> this is those six or seven words of text from that. <laughs> Could you please leave my Del Taco? Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that is probably good to remember, which re- I think why their advertising is going to be like, you think you mm. know Star Wars. Mm. This is a gritty war movie yeah. about Star Wars, yeah. right. you know, to draw in the normals. One a year, Jennifer, or, or do you see if this goes Marvel only three or four years? Oh, that, is, no. is there a point where we're going to see them all? We're Star Wars fans, but at a point where we're like, I remember the golden days of one every 20 years. Yeah, <laughs> let let me want it, you know? Let me, yeah. leave me hanging, right? Mm-hmm. I just, I don't, otherwise I will gorge myself yeah. on Star Wars. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I, I just can't stop. I can't stop eating. <laughs> I can't stop eating. <laughs> Going back to the force feeding, yeah, that we talked about. I need a parent to tell me, stop it, you're binging on Junk food, you know. Yeah. So I, yeah, they, they. I feel like they have to pull back a little bit. Yeah, you know that's because it's also the TV. We're gonna probably have that live action TV show soon, or right. that's more and more talked. And the, the video games are different. And the, the comics, I dove in fully into the comics in, in my my room. There, I have more than enough long boxes of all the new Marvel canon, uh, even down to the weird Chewy series, which is Chewy and a little girl freeing her dad from from like slave camp. Like, and, and it's a touching kind of fun, but it's. It's. I'm waiting for Jackson to show up. Yeah, like it's. 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 We're almost there. Like yeah, almost to the so, big green rabbit. Yeah, and even I loved the Lando five part series. It was great. Uh, did a lot to explain Lobot. If you haven't, you haven't read it. I've yet? read the reviews of okay. it, so I can stay up on it. Okay. Uh, yeah, because um, I can't read all the comics, so I, I read recaps. It's got some great Lobot stuff, oh, but then it's man. also got these twin characters that are walking, talking panthers. Like you know, like so. <laughs> space I, panthers. Space yeah. panthers. So I won a year. I'm fine with. I'm going to see it, but at what point? So we got Han coming up next. The young Han story, you know, the the Lord Miller are directing that one, and we're going to get a female director telling some, uh, hopefully, another more female centric story too. And who knows where that's going to go? And I'm all bored. But it's like ten years out, and we're like, well, here's Jabba's cousin, and he ran <laughs> yeah. a br- brothel. Like I don't, I, I, I do worry about that. Yeah, I'll I see think, it all. Yeah, yeah. Just like right. I buy buy the Star Wars gum and mac and cheese. I think there's going to be a fundamental shift in the way we look at what Star Wars is it used to be an event yeah and i think what is successful about the marvel movies is it's it's a tv show 
uh, it's the biggest budget TV show you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they have all these little uh, bits, all of these MacGuffins, and now building relationships. Right. So we get to the point of Civil War, and we know all these characters, and we care that they're angry at each other. Um, but it's a really successful way of telling this long narrative story. And it's almost like TV storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that Star Wars is going to get to that point where uh, it used to feel like an event. And now I think there's going to be little bits that connect, like a little thing will be mentioned in a mm-hmm. Han Solo movie that actually was in Episode Eight, and also right. maybe referenced in Rogue One. You know, I think they're going to be little MacGuffins and things that connect them. And I think pretty soon we're going to find ourselves invested in whatever weird meta story that they're going to interlace. That's my prediction. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. It's from the mouse house now. Yeah. So right. I don't know if I want it, but yeah. I think that's what right. they're going to do. Look, Marvel, like I said, I, I've said time and again, I'm not a superhero guy. Um, I, I just like space wizards. Um, <laughs> but um, let's I, grow up. I totally love what Feige and his team have done. Like, I yeah. get it. Like, it is fun for even me. And I'll call up Matt Key and be like, all right, so the Infinity Stone was in that bowl of soup. Is that what I saw? <laughs> is that what I saw there? Yeah. Um, so with Star Wars, like, again, Lost Stars, um, all through the new canon stuff, like New Dawn, I might. <sighs> I don't know if I ever read that book again. It just didn't strike me. It, didn't, it, it wasn't my favorite. But, you know, I might want to read it now and see some stuff. So there's a lot of stuff. But Lost Stars, I can't say enough great things. The only thing negative thing it says is at times it, it comes off a little too Forrest Gumpy where yeah. you, you turn the corner and like, well, of course they run into Mon Mothma. But uh, mm. you get past that stuff. Um, it's sprawling, spectacular story of, of, of the universe mm-hmm. and clearly stuff that you kind of have to take notes on maybe later on. Yeah. I think there's I think there's a lot of Force Awakens stuff in there. Yeah. I really think there is. So um, so grab a notepad, Jennifer, and start reading. <laughs> I got to read it. NPR that. Yeah. Yeah. NPR <laughs> that. Um, so we have talked and talked and talked more. I've kept you two uh, on your Saturday afternoons longer than I intended to, but that's because I have so much fun talking to you, two of my favorite Star Wars fans. Aww, thank you. That Aww. I've had the pleasure of getting to know uh, here in the last uh, year because of Star Wars. Uh, because of Star Wars. Yeah. Again, we owe Star Absolutely. Wars that. Yeah. Uh, other than yeah. you just two two great nice people, but it was this connective thread and we get to uh, we get to do this and, and do it out there for the fans. We love you uh, you tweet in there. Um, but Jennifer, uh, your Jedi beat, which again was so awesome and so impressive. And thanks to Bonnie Burton for agreeing to be interviewed oh, for yeah, that too. I love Bonnie. Um, who's yeah, mutual friend of yours yeah. as well. Um, uh, that was just such a great little piece of uh, of, of, of radio really. Um, you thanks. got one coming up for us uh, soon. Can you can the kid take a enough naps for you to use again? <laughs> yes, yes. We've been sleep training the child. Um, yeah, so I'm looking back, as yeah. a lot of us are, on yeah. my Star Wars memories, and specifically my dad, who introduced mm. me to Star Wars. Oh, and cool. He went and saw it in 1977, nice. uh, the opening weekend, and what his first impressions were, and then we're going to go see it together, The Force oh, Awakens. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. So we're going we're gonna to capture that moment there, too. And he's a reporter, so I kind of want right. to... You know, see him maybe interview some people. Why yeah. not? Yeah, and, you know, do, that'd be great. Do yeah, my did, job. <laughs> yeah, didn't your, your dad retired from the business this just past he year did. or something? I saw right. Yeah. So he had a long, long, distinguished career, and, yeah. and uh, it's clearly passed on to you. Oh well, um, I that'd don't be know. great. Yeah, yeah. Be great. my my dad's everything, and so it's yeah. really cool. We I 
talked with him and he was sharing his uh, memories and it was yeah. neat to see yeah. his appreciation. Okay. Well, that's great. So, that's yeah, great. so the Jedi beat uh, will uh, uh, arrive when it arrives because soon, we yes. soon, but we uh, we have a little Padawan in the mix and I, and, and life and everything, <laughs> but uh, uh, certainly looking forward to that. The first one is on this podcast feed, the Jedi beat. Jennifer Landa looks back at the Star Wars holiday special, which is uh, <laughs> it's got an odd place in pop culture history that's only growing now. It's, it's mentioned more and more and more now. It is. Which is a good thing. Um, and, and pieces like your your episode help explain it to a new generation of kids who are like, there's a what now? Yeah. <laughs> there's a Lumpy? There's a character named Lumpy. Um, and B. Arthur's in it? Yeah. Wookie uh, porn? Yeah, oh, really? <laughs> yeah exactly. Wookie, virtual Wookie porn is yes. in this thing. And Joseph, uh, you and I will continue to do our uh, four center episodes and yeah. I'd love to uh, you know, try as much as we can to, to get the three of us together in, in rooms as well. Um, uh, what, what are you cooking up for us up here? Uh, I am uh, playing. I, I need a title. Uh, I have a title, but I, I'm not sure if I like it. Uh, I'm playing around with an idea of uh, basically uh, analyzing a few of the stranger characters, the characters who get beat up. Yeah. And, uh, That's and, great. And, and pitting them against one another. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is awesome. That is awesome. I still got Spotlight Star Wars, which is just me waking up hungover on a Saturday morning and talking about something related to Star Wars. Usually it's about <laughs> Y-Wings um, <laughs> or whatever I can. Some days I'm grumpy. Some days I'm happy. And, uh, and I hope in a week or so's time I'm going to be thrilled and crying and nerd chills are coming up and all that good stuff because uh, I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I, I, this is an interesting week. This is a key week in all of our lives. I'll yeah. tell you that much. I'll tell you that much. So it's it's going to be fun. So um, uh, thank you again, both of you, for coming in, Absolutely. donating your time you. today on Force Center. You can follow the Force Center podcast feed on Twitter at Force Center Pod. You can follow me at Ken Knapsack. And of course, if you want to follow Jennifer Landa and her wonderful things, you can do that. On Twitter at Jennifer Landa or on YouTube, youtube.com slash Jennifer Landa. Absolutely. And if you are, uh, are new to the works of Jennifer Landa through Force Center for whatever reason, uh, do me a favor and check out her YouTube channel. That's how I actually discovered her as well i just stumbled on it i, I it was the wookie teeny oh, somehow yeah, i don't right, know it right. popped it popped up and i was I like what oh nice. what's this and and it's uh and it was uh, it's great it's, it's so much fun and uh what i love love about you is you're you're smart and you were you were witty and you were subtle with some of the points you're making but you just overall are just such a wonderful passionate star wars fan I love and, it. and and it's great and uh then this guy mr joseph scrimshaw <laughs> the great pontificator of star wars uh where can the fans follow you i am on all the social medias is at joseph scrimshaw very easy to find uh my website is joseph and from my website you can get to all sorts of things i also have a youtube channel with some of my stand-up there i have comedy albums i have one comedy album that's just all about star wars called rebel scum and uh, i have a new year's show here in los angeles so you have nothing to do on new years uh come hang out with me and my comedy pals i've heard cool. that uh, i've heard of that new year's show i yeah. was like huh I have to take the sweatpants off and go see a comedy show here. In you don't have to take the sweatpants off. Oh, good. Uh, and as for me, you can uh, follow me at Ken Absock, like I said. And uh, if you are a uh, a fan of movies and you want to dive in fully, go over to Screen Junkies and our new network, Screen Junkies Plus. It is our own network. It streams. It has live shows. It has post-game wrap-ups. Uh, it has me and my big, gray, ugly beard on TV fights with Roxy Stryer. 
live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Um, and it's not, uh, do me a favor and check it out if you're a fan of Screen Junkies and you haven't uh, tried it out yet. Um, believe me, it is only going to get bigger and better with some of the things we have planned behind that service there. So that is that. Until next time, this has been the Force Center podcast feed and an edition of Force Center. Uh, the Force Awakens has arrived. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.